Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 11, Episode 7. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. And we are going to talk this week about our favourite Spurs players per position. So we've got a really, really interesting podcast lined up where we're going to go through 1 to 11. We're all going to pick who our favourite Spurs player in that position is. But there's a bit of a twist, which is that if somebody has already taken that player, you're not allowed that person in your team. So I imagine... (laughs) especially in the area of left-back and maybe goalkeeper. There's going to be some very interesting selections in these sides, um, which is going to be great. Um, So let's go straight into it um, and start off with goalkeepers. And Chris, you're going to kick us off with this one. So who is said goalkeeper that you've selected? Well, before we start... Yeah. Aurelio Gomez, that's what I heard. Cool. So I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to... When we talked, we talked about this a bit earlier, just on uh, messaging. And as I started to think about it, what I realised was I've got my favourite players from since I've been a season ticket holder, which is basically the mid nineties. Because we did say our favourite players that we've seen live. Yeah. So you know, I can't say Jimmy Greaves, even though I've seen some lovely footage of him, right? And so I've thought really carefully about the players that I've seen since I've had a season ticket which was since 1996. But I first went to watch Spurs in 1980. And I saw them periodically between 1980 and 1996. I didn't go all the time, but when my uncle had a spare ticket or when I was in Birmingham, if they were playing Villa or whatever. And so I've actually made two teams. Oh, that's, that's fine. So I made the one from my childhood, I suppose, and one from my season tickethood. Well, I mean, with all due respect, the one from your childhood, we're probably not going to have seen them live. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's so, a fair point. So, and I mean that with all due respect. So let let you can no. have them gratis, and then let's do the. Uh... Okay, well I'll do I'll, I'll do both then. So my childhood goalkeeper is definitely Tony Parks. The right. thing I remember the most from like my, it's not my earliest Spurs memory, but it's one of my biggest memories was the 1984 UEFA Cup final. And my parents had one of those G, 1970s G plan coffee tables in the TV, in the living room, the TV room used to call it. And I was allowed to stay up and watch it. And honestly, when Tony Park saved that goal, I literally jumped up. I was 10 and ran around the coffee table, like repeatedly, like waving my arms in the air in great elation. And I don't know, fast forward probably to 2018, I was doing some work with um, Watford. They were they were um, uh, launching their Watford for All programme. And that we did a, me and Anwar Odin from Fans Diversity and um, Ose Sankofa, who uh, was at Kick It Out at the time, we went and did like a, you know, this is about, you know, you're launching your inclusion brand, here's some stuff, you know. And so we did like a day's training with all the staff 
Tony Parks was the goalkeeping coach. Honestly, my 10-year-old self could not contain my excitement. I mean, I managed it because I was a professional. But like when we got to the bit a bit later on where we were doing some interactive stuff, I had to go up to him and like gush. Um, But of course, he's got that very sad story about his son as well. So that always makes me kind of think about him as well. So, yeah, so Tony Parks. Um, And then from goalkeepers, since my season ticket holding... Um, I'm sorry to say it, but I am going to take him. It's got to be Hugo. Yeah, yeah. The obvious yeah no choice. explanation needed. Did you see his save in the um, uh, in the friendly? I don't think it was in the final. It was the one. It was a bouncing, deflected bouncing save. I can't remember who they're playing uh, in the semis of the Euro, whatever it is that that tournament Nation just finished. Thing, yeah. Um, unreal save. Anyway, anyway. That's Hugo. Jack. Well. I've gone um I've gone slightly more down the route of like they might not necessarily all be the best players in the world in my team, but these are just players that I really enjoyed watching. So my goalkeeper, and I was torn between two. Um the one that didn't quite make it was Brad Friedel. Yeah. Um and I loved Friedel. I thought he was such a brilliant signing at the time. He was solid and he was exactly what we needed um at the time, given that he was taken over from Heredio Gomez. Um, he was probably the most entertaining goalkeeper you're ever gonna see. Um but the goalkeeper that I've picked from my Can I guess team, yours? Go on. It is Paul Robinson. It's Paul Robinson. Yeah. It's Paul Robinson. Um I absolutely loved Robbo. Like he was he was a very, very good goalkeeper. So I think people forget that he was England's number one goalkeeper for, for you know a, a few years and sort of no one was really challenging him for a period of time. Like that was his jersey, um, and he was great for Spurs. Honestly, like I, I really liked him. He was always really fired up for the derbies as well. Yeah. And there's that brilliant um, footage of him. Um, I don't know. It might have been a European game where fans just chanting "Robbo, Robbo, give us a song," and he starts chanting about how much he hates Arsenal. And it's like I always really rated that. Um, his distribution from the back, like Robbo in the modern game, like the real modern game, would be brilliant. With it, you know, he was so good with his feet, and he used to get assists. I remember going White Hart Lane, and he'd catch a cross or whatever, and he used to be able to kick the ball out of his hand about four foot off the floor, and it would just fly through the air. And we just used to pick out Aaron Lennon for fun. Um, so Robbo's my goalkeeper. Like, like I said, not the best goalkeeper that we've probably ever had, but for me, just one that you know, will always sort of stick out as a, as a top keeper. Yeah. My first game was 2008, which is actually quite a long time ago now. You know, But I, it means I haven't seen many keepers. So I've seen Hugo, Friedel, Gomez. I've seen one Gazaniga game. I'm not sure you remember it. I saw him play against Crystal Palace when we were at Wembley. We won 1-0 with a sun goal. I can't remember the goal at all, mm. but we won 1-0. Um, it sounds like a very Spurs at Wembley result, that. Oh, God, they were... They were interesting days, weren't they? I've gone Kudicini. And the reason I've gone Kudicini is one game. He was in goal for the nil-nil against AC Milan, you know, which is one of my favourite games I've ever been to. I've never heard why. That the, the that was the noisiest I ever think I heard White Hart Lane, that, that nil-nil when, in the first ever Champions League run. And I'm pretty sure his dad played for Inter. And so him beating AC Milan had multiple layers of significance. And and again, he was we had a few players then, and I'm sure we'll come on to some of them, who were bench players. And they weren't like happy to stay on the bench. They would much rather be playing first team, but they were great bench players. You know, they offered something different. They were reliable. They came on and Kudicini was exactly that. Love the man. Love the man. And also, just on Kudicini, do you remember Harry Redknapp probably... 
a day before we signed him being asked, there's rumours you're signing Goodachini, and him just point blank refused and being like, I don't know nothing about Goodachini. <laughs> and then the next day, it was like the Spurs signed him on a free. It's a classic red nap. Um, let's go into the defence then. So, Chris, if I come to you for your right back. Oh, my right back. Well, do you know what? I really struggled at right back from my, uh, from even from my sort of childhood years. Um, and I had to go quite um, recent again. Oh, no. I, mm, do you know what? I'm going to offer you a gift. Oh. I'm going to offer you a gift and I'm not going to go for the obvious one of recent years. And I'm going to go with Stephen Carr. Oh, see, you have stolen Jack's one. I probably <laughs> had him, to be honest. Yeah, no, I know. It's kind of, I, 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 there's a small part of me that did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I see how this game's going already. <laughs> um, I think that one thing is one of the best songs ever to the tune of Kumbaya, Stephen Carr, my lord. Stephen Carr, <laughs> love that. I also... Um, Love the fact that he was in that team that first got us into Europe, even though it was like, again, like the U- whatever it was, the UEFA Cup. Um, he scored that. Didn't he score an own goal against Kaiserslautern that left us out of it? Or did he score a goal? I can't remember. It was one or the right. other. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was against Manchester United or Liverpool. It was a team in red. That was it was some one hell of a goal. And he could defend. But he also did that thing of bombing forward. He sort of looked weirdly unathletic, but was really was pretty athletic. And there was just something about him that kind of really somehow captured that team of the late 90s. Was kind of Stephen Carr shaped. Moments of brilliance and then moments of just like, I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah. And uh, and and that's why you know, and I loved him, and that that was sort of the beginning of my um, going to Spurs as a season ticket holder, and I was very 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 fond of him. Yeah, and that goal against Man United, what a goal! What yes. a goal! It's, uh, it's my favourite goal I've ever seen. It's not the best goal, it's just my favourite goal I've ever seen live. Absolute screamer! You just yeah. can't beat it. Um, well, now that Stevie Carr's been taken, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, SD. I'm gonna have to t- go with Carl Walker as my right back. Um, and yeah, I, that's I, where I nearly went, Jack. So we're interchangeable there. And I bet I could guess before you go, ASD, I'm going to guess who yours is. Uh, but I feel like Kyle Walker is like a massively underappreciated how good a right back he was and how good a right back he still is. Like, you know, at City, he's phenomenal. He's been one of the best right backs for what, six, seven seasons now. Like, he is a quality, always a little bit suspect defensively. But his pace was electric. And what he used to bring to the team, like playing as a fullback or a wingback in those years under Pochettino, it was absolutely magnificent. And again, we bought him really, really cheap, didn't we? Was it from Sheffield United? I think we got him from we got him and Carl Norton at the same time, I think. Um, and we sold him on for 50 million. So, you know, like, it is literally perfect business. Buy somebody from the low league cheap, coach them, get them to a point where, you know, they're, they're playing for their country and, and sell them on. It was like, he's just a brilliant, brilliant player. And, and for me, like, It'll be one that when he finishes playing, like that City will miss him, like England will miss him, like he really, really is a, a, a top right back. So Carl Walker for me. Go on then. Choluka. I was gonna go Choluka, but do you know Trippier. what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Trippier because mm-hmm. I, I I love Choluka. It's just his pace drives me nuts. Like it it was and it wasn't even like he was too slow to get back from being in forward position. He was just too slow. Like he really. It was a major weakness. I loved him. Good looking man as well. Great defender, like solid. But Trippier, I think, was really was the best we've had since 
Walker. Walker was really hard to replace because he 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 covered so much ground for you in so many different ways. He was really we never really replaced him. Norton didn't do a great job for us, and we we never really replaced him. But then Trippier was just great. I I, I didn't understand why why we didn't keep him. And I remember. I think all three of us were at the final. I remember while everyone else went back down the tunnel, there were two players left out from where I could see. There was Winks, yeah. devastated. And there was Trippier, who was talking to the front row of Spurs fans. I could see it because I was in like a neutral in the middle bit. Uh, and you could tell he was off. You just saw from his body language that he was sad, but you could tell he was off at that point. And it was just, it didn't make sense. I, he could still do a job for us. I, I don't know why... I don't know why we saw. I know it was good business, but I don't know. We we suffered for so long without him. I I just I loved him, and without I think we haven't had many. So Walker would have had to be my default choice just because he was there for all the good years. But I think I've, I've in, I enjoyed Trippier the most. Matt Doherty, no, not a. I just don't, I've never seen him play good. I feel no. sorry for the lad. You know, um, I haven't seen Tanganga play. I don't think so. I don't think that's mm. uh fair. But Choluka might be there, but Trips just takes it for me. Jaffet is going to be a player, though, I think. I think it's, it's interesting. Great, it? I, it's interesting, though, because we've gone and bought a right back as well. Mm. Yeah. So I He's, wonder who's yeah. at, what's going to who's going to be the player that is actually going to cement that position as their own. Yeah. Well, you have to think Emerson's number one choice, right? But you Tanganga. So. I just worry about Jaffet because he's so versatile. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's shades of Phil Neville, isn't it? Like, so good, but like, is he going to struggle to... So actually cement down a place all the time but yeah, yeah. he looks just you don't get many players like Tanganga that can just play in every position across the back four and be equally as comfortable at like left wing back as he's at centre half like it's nuts the at how versatile he is um let's talk can, about can I just say what I like about him is his mentality as well like he seems strong and he seems like he's he started out as a right you know a lot of right backs are failed right wingers he's not that he is a defender and a right back first and foremost and I, I really appreciate that sorry centre backs centre half Chris who's your first centre half so I've got one from my the the, the childhood centre half is Gary Mavitt because how could it not be yeah you know I, I don't I don't remember him play him playing so much but I also remember obviously the 91 cup final and obviously what a decent bloke he is and all the rest of it. And someone who's played for that long and at that level and with type one diabetes and all the rest of it, it deserves to be in any team. And that accent. Can yes. I ask as well, Chris, just on Gary Mabber, where does he rank for you in terms of Spurs captains? Because a lot of people put him right up there as the best Spurs captains. Like, so maybe obviously not, but those that saw Steve Perriman 99% of the time put him as number one, but Gary Mabber is always one that is, is held quite highly. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely up there. And actually, interestingly, if you look at our sort of captains since, you know, 1980, you you know, there aren't that many that you're going to be saying, do you know what? They're like they're 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 sort of men that you want to like run through a brick wall for, really. Do you know what I mean? So he's got to be he's absolutely got to be up there in terms of play, players that I've seen. So he's my number one centre half from my uh, from my childhood should I do the other centre half from my childhood doing them as pairs the other's got to be Steve Perriman now I know that um he could be construed as a midfielder but given the uh how we're spoilt for choice in those areas I thought I'd put him at centre back and again for the same reasons and I do vaguely remember him I remember his hair somehow as a child (laughs) 
you know and my uncle's seats were in um were in the upper tier but i still remember steve perryman's hair yeah, um and and again you know i got I, as you know i go to spurs now with my 11 year old nephew and i've made a point of telling him about steve perryman and telling him how many appearances he's made and that that's li- likely never to be repeated at spurs and that's like um, a mate and it's an amazing thing and he's to be sort of celebrated and revered and he was there the um the day that we were honoring jimmy greaves actually and they all came out from because i'm i'm sort of i'm in the east stand but near the south stand and there's obviously some kind of an entrance or exit under just in that corner and they all came out there and and i have to say his hair is still a thing of great <laughs> beauty. I mean, he must be like what in his late sixties now, Thanks. and he's got a he's got a full head of hair. <laughs> Let's have a look. How old is he? Yeah, he's sixty nine. Good on you, Stevie. So uh, yeah, so it'd be Gary Mabbott and Steve Perryman from the childhood, and from the more recent days. And again, I'm sorry to take both of these, but it's got to be Ledley King and Jan Vertonghen. Brutal. Um, <laughs> Brutal. What a pair. I know. It's like they're they're a pair that you'd want, and you'd they could slot themselves into any team in the modern era and be like absolutely up there as centre as centre halves, you know. And I you always think back to that tackle that Ledley made on Arian Robin, but if you hear Ledley talking about it, which I have on a couple of occasions, it's the one he hates. He's Wait. like, I don't want to see it because I was out of position and I had to track back. I that's shouldn't it. have been in that position in the first place. Um, and that's it. That's the that's the model of a of a great professional. And um, when he was about 18 or 19, he was doing one of those signings in the Spurs shop. And I took my little cousin and um, I'd heard a lot about him. I'd never seen him play. And I said to him, oh, so Ledley, when are we going to see you? And he was like, oh, I've got an ankle injury. And there's actually it was an ankle injury that kept, kept him out when he was younger. And I guess that ankle injury then turned into overcompensation with his knee. And then we know how that went. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, what a player. What I mean, and all that stuff Harry Redknapp used to say that he doesn't train, but it doesn't matter because we just need him on the pitch, so we've got to preserve him. You know, those injuries. I wonder. I always wonder what what he would have been if he hadn't been injured. He would have been Real Madrid's greatest defender, wouldn't he? He um he I did the Legends tour for, with my dad of White Hart Lane, so I did the tour twice, once just with people. In fact, I met you after before one of them. In fact, if that was the day. I did the tour. When I met you, you returned in a tracksuit top. I yeah. Yeah. That, we were coming back. You with from, your dad. You with your I was dad. with my yeah. dad. And yeah. we had done the tour of White Hart Lane, but with Ledley. And we oh, thought, wow. yeah, we thought he'd, it'd be the gap between him and us and he would take us around. But no, I mean, he, we waited in the uh, the interview room where the, they do the, the press room. He came in and he signed everything. He signed the DVD of mine, signed everything for everyone. And then just did the tour. But it got to the point by the end where we'd spent so much time with him that we'd just the people just not talking to him because they'd they'd asked him everything like they got over it and he was just a normal bloke but i've got some brilliant pictures of him walking around with uh with my dad my dad's disabled and he, my dad talking about the long-term injury the problems with it the challenge of it the mental side of it just the loveliest loveliest man you'll ever want to meet yeah ever. No, absolutely absolutely right absolutely right you say about what would ledley have gone on to become like he would have without doubt had 70 80 england caps I think he'd have probably ended up at United and it'd, it'd have been him and Rio at centre-half. Like for England and United, that would have just been the most phenomenal centre-back pairing you well, could imagine. ever. Yeah, England would have had Terry, Rio and Ledley in the same generation, just 10 mm. years. Incredible, isn't it? But yeah, amazing centre-half. Um, 
Jan Vertonghen, I mean, you could um and ah between him and Toby, and I know others rate Toby, but I just think there's something about... <sighs> Vertonghen could see the game in a different way. I know Toby can hit those sort of rakish passes. There's something about Vertonghen being able to see the game, also being quite versatile at left back. That's a great picture. Being pretty versatile at left back as well. Um, and just, you know, again, of his generation, I think one of the best players in Europe during that time. Yeah. Out of curiosity, Chris, if you had to pick between those pairings, what one would you have? Well, I'd, I'd go with Ledley and, and Jan, but that's because I know them more. Mm. You know, like I, I, like I say, I saw, I've seen Perry Minimab, but but not to the same degree that I've watched. Mm. I watched those two because they both basically were there while since I've had my season ticket. You know what strikes me about like a lot of the time when people talk about players that played for us, sort of like mainly in the eighties when we had that successful period. Yeah. It seems like in the modern day we've probably got better quality players, but back then there were a lot more characters in the side. And it's like whenever people talk about, you know, the likes of Mabbott, Perryman, Roberts, Miller, all of these guys, it's like they're not necessarily sort of held as the greatest like individual players in the world, but like they're characters. Like when I look at that Spurs team now, it's like there's still a lot of quality there. But you think oh, I'm looking around and like, who is that one that is leading them? Who's the one that's digging them out? Who's picking them up when we're struggling? It's like I feel like that Spurs team back in the 80s had about five or six of them. And it's like now we might have one, maybe two. Do you think that's do you think that's um, a product of the, our team or of football in general? Because yes, I yes. think there's something about the way the football's developed that there's that. And I'm not saying they weren't professional then, but it's a different kind of professionalism where you're drilled from such a young age. And you're, you know, because I think your character is different if you've been a sparky or, you know, I've been doing some stuff you know when Chris Hewton signed for us for example in 1976 it was a part-time contract and he was a lift engineer and then in 1979 it was full-time now that's a very different trajectory to professional football which must mean that you approach the game in a slightly different way yeah absolutely like and the I think there's a point on what we mean by character which is there's a lot of like masculine traits which people don't want to see these days they're often protected from that and the the characters these days like people would say you know Delhi's a massive character with his fortnight and his fashion and all of that sort of stuff it's just not the type we're talking about mm. maybe anyway I go on, when Jake. i say when i say character i think i mean like just will not lose will not go oh, do you know what i mean just yeah, find yeah. a way to win like even though they're not but we had paul miller on the on the podcast a few years ago and um my dad actually came in when we recorded it and he said he watched Paul Miller for years and was always a little bit like, didn't massively rate him as the best centre-half in the world and always thought that looks like an area we maybe upgrade and get a player in. And then he said after meeting him, he was like, I could see what he brought to that side, which was just, I'll take no nonsense and like we'll find a way to win. It's just interesting how much the game's changed, isn't it? Um, let me talk about my centre-halves. Um, I obviously 100% would have had Ledley. Um yeah. Toby Alderweireld, first one, like, you know, no question whatsoever about that. Basically a right-footed Vertonghen, isn't he? Like, the two of them, like, were just incredible. Um, the other one is difficult. And again, I've gone for a player that, again, was probably not the best player in the world, um, but a great character, captain, of course, Michael Dawson. Um, it was a toss-up. It was a toss-up between Dawson and Jonathan Woodgate. 
and Woodgate purely on ability because he was quality. He was absolutely quality, but he just he was always injured and we didn't get that many games out of him. So I've gone with Dawson for longevity, for you know, just being a it's like Mr. Spurs, isn't he? Like he's just one of them one of those players that you just always associate with Spurs now. Um when he's doing his punditry, he always says we, doesn't he? And then corrects himself and says Spurs, and it's like I love all of that. Um but Dawson was um it was a he was a good centre half. He was never quite good enough for like Champions League or international football, but he was almost like a little bit too good for the rest. Um, but he was brilliant. I loved watching him. Again, wore his heart on his sleeve, committed centre-back, like one that I'll always sort of hold in, in quite high regard. So for me, it's Alderweireld and Dawson. And I think they'd make quite a nice pairing. You two have taken all the correct answers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're left with Anthony Gardner. No, no, that's before your time, isn't it? It's slightly before my... I'm going to go with Woodgate because he was he was world class like he was weirdly world class and it just seemed such he sort of slipped under the radar went to Real Madrid got sent off in his first game but they still loved him like he was great for us obviously scored the goal in the last cup that we won properly like sort of scored it just great great my I'm last shaking my head because I can't I can't um what's he done well that thing with Lee Bowyer where they racially attack someone yeah yep 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 <laughs> So I yeah. can't get over him for that. But yeah, you go ahead, ASD, no problem. Oh no, well, I feel bad. Oh. All right, I'm going to take him out. My 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 options are very very limited. I tell you, I'm going to go. Do I'm not, going to go Gallas. Oh, I thought you were going to put we and the man who we won't say his name. But would you have seen him or I didn't not? See him play, and I wouldn't put him in. Um, no. But Gallas came in. People yeah. hated him. I heard him be racially abused by Spurs fans, like very much. We came in at the same time as Adebayor, and that was just a crazy time. Like, he played for Arsenal and Chelsea before he yeah. came to Spurs. He captained them both. He, he cried in the middle of the pitch for Arsenal. Like, this is not a person that goes then to your rivals. But he came in. He did the job. He was rock solid. Yeah. Like, he, he a lot of experience. had a strong character to come and do it. He never, he never, he was never Mr. Tottenham, but he did the job. So, I'm, I'm going to give him Underrated. And honestly. Underrated. I think that's right. I think he was underrated, actually. And I see a few games where him and Ledley play together. And yeah. I remember thinking, that is a, that's a centre-half partnership that you're like, Phew, that it's is mature, excellent. It's yeah. strong. Now, my other options, I, I know we, we, I've got to speed up. So I've got Kirikes. I'm not going Kirikes. I'm not going Fazio. I'm not going Kabul. Um, I'm not going... It's, the other one has to be Dyer then. And we can you can have Dyer later if you want Dyer as a midfielder. But Dyer, he, he did a job at centre... He's done a job at centre-back for us. Like... No nonsense. I can't do Sanchez. So I think I just there's just something likable about him. And I remember that you remember that debut, Postino's first game, like going down to ten men, like one one last minute, through ball from Harry Kane. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, like two one against that lot, and I hate that lot. It was in the Berlin as well, wasn't it? it was it wasn't at yeah. the Olympic Stadium and I, that was a horrible ground. So that was that must have been great fun. So yeah, I'm going Dyer. I love that. That was Monica's last ever away game because she oh, was that was in August 2014 and she died in October. So that was the last one. And actually, there's a still because, of course, it was the last minute and there's a still of them all celebrating in front of all the fans. Yeah. I think we were in the second or third row and That's you could see great. her arm, my arm and her mouth shouting. Yeah. Yeah, love amazing. it. Oh, love it. That's great. I only had one of those. And I think it was soldado against cardiff city i think he scored a penalty for a one nil win in the avb years and there's one picture of me on and i was on match today as well but yeah yeah it's not quite diverse west Ham. right then i know we've got to hurry up left back chris um 
Chris Hewton from my childhood days and honestly he was my favorite at the time as well because I I just remember thinking oh that's exciting what he's doing because there was something about you know being out being defending and moving forward so yeah I really like that and it turns out that the first game I ever watched um it was his first season and he played in it in the um ever in April 1980 I think it was so that's cool and then I'm again I'm giving you a gift now and I'm going for someone a bit earlier than your time so you can choose the other left back and I'm going for Benny. Oh, that was oh, my that one. That would have been ASDs. Oh, that no. would have been ASDs all day. I thought I, was, I thought I was giving you a gift ASDs. <laughs> no, I've got I've got two still to go, but okay. I loved Ben Warasukotu. Yeah, me too. And maybe probably for the same reasons. I mean, one of the best things I ever saw on Twitter was a um like a stick figure drawing of his goal against Everton because like the way that again that he bashed it in and then there's a picture of a goalkeeper just saying fuck because of course <laughs> Tim Howard had Tourette's right do you remember that yeah I do remember that <laughs> yeah do you so, remember when he got in a fight on Twitter with Mbappe do you remember that yeah if you he got they got into a little of aggression. I mean, it was it was quite serious. It talks about like European European players of African descent and all of that stuff. So we'll we'll ignore that bit. But I mean, they're, they're, in my head, they're two completely different worlds. Mbappe and uh, Asuokoto. And yeah, but, exactly. So and I just you know and so and there was always something just something a little bit of kind of swagger and a bit of flair about his play. But and he loved it as well. You know, and, and even though he was the one that talked about the fact that football was a job and all the rest of it, there was all that thing about using the tube, going to the barber in Tottenham. Yeah. Different boots. You know, all of that. Absolutely. And then the only other thing was, was that he did um, drive an electric car, um, but it was a hybrid because I once bumped into him in a petrol station, uh, the Shell Garage at the top of Old Street. Nice. Uh, but sadly, it was before the times of my... my um. Either my camera didn't have my phone, my phone didn't have a camera on it, or it was still in the car and I was embarrassed yeah. to go and get it and take it. Yeah. I think it was probably the latter, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and um, I had the T-shirt that said, "Don't you wish your left back was BAE?" Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That was great. And I felt like Asuikoto, one of the most improved players from his time at Spurs. Like we, I know when we signed him, he had really bad injury, didn't he? And he missed about a year. And didn't really get a kick. But um, if you compare sort of like his last 20 games to his first, like the levels that he got to were actually pretty good. He'd become quite a, quite a good Premier League left back in the in yeah. the days, I would say. He played for 14 years and only made 304 appearances. Like and ha- over half of those were with Spurs, which is interesting. Mm. Anyway. And my left back, and ASD, I'm going to give you a little bit of a gift because there's the obvious. Well, I've got three. There's like, the obvious number three, isn't there? Who you know, with Walker on the other side, you know, and the yeah. him. That's where I wanted to go. They to were a dream. I but I've, nice. I've gone with Christian Zieger as my left back, um, and you know, he was one. I, I've tried to sort of go back a little bit to when I first started going to Spurs, and there weren't many players at Spurs at that time where you were sort of like he's quality. But I remember Ziger, he could strike a ball like you could not believe. And like remember that freak against Arsenal, Chris, you must have been there for that. For oh, yeah. 30, 30 yards and he put in the top corner and it was just like, that was one of those moments where it's like, I've never seen somebody score a goal like that before. It was incredible. Um, and he was a very, very good play. You know, he, he played for Liverpool in the Premier League as well, didn't he? And it was like, you know, represent the German national team. And like I felt like at the time he was a player that it was almost a little bit like, 
how do we have him? Like he's way, way better than we are. Um, but Christian Zegrin, my left back, he was yeah a good player. Scored in the cup final that unfortunately we lost to Blackburn. Um, yeah. Dark days. Um, but yeah, Zegra at left back for me gives me a nice bit of balance in that back four. But I did want to put Rose in, but I felt like I could go Zegra to maybe give you a little bit of a gift. But yeah. I feel like you're going to maybe go Eric Edmund now or something like that. Well, I wasn't going to go Rose because like I was all planned to come back with Davis because I've I love Ben Davis I think he's absolutely solid he's Welsh and he's Welsh like (laughs) (laughs) how can we not have Danny Rose in this team I might have to I think I'll go with Rose and then you can have BAE then have you ever seen a better individual performance by any Spurs player than Gareth Bale at left back against Inter Milan either game you know he played left mid didn't he He played left wing surely Game. Yeah, that was he was in the midfield in that game. Yeah. yeah, he was well a midfielder by then. All right, well ignore me then. It totally ignore <laughs> what I just said. Maybe I did that out. Um, I'm going to go. Again, Danny you're Rose. just putting another Welsh player in. That's all it is. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait he's going to have Chris Gunter now. Chris Gunter's going to be his left back. <laughs> and mate, Chris Gunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's Gunter. I think he's got the most appearances for Wales now. He, Wales, he's, yeah. He's absolutely brilliant, like a proper legend. Uh, fine, I'm going to go Danny Rose because, I mean, there's not much more that could be said about that man. Like, properly love Tottenham. Like, still yeah. is at Tottenham watching under-21 games. Properly disrespected by Levy and Mourinho last, yeah. last year. Like, really, really disrespectful. It's just rude how he was treated after everything he gave. Forget his goal. Forget that. That was amazing. But forget that. It's just rock solid. Loved a massive tackle. Like him and Walker, the flying wingbacks was was just brilliant days. Like I can't tell you what he was brilliant at because it wasn't tackling, it wasn't defending, it wasn't crossing. It was just a bit of everything, a bit of energy, a bit of aggression. And I think he's the person, mate, the single person that came out best from the documentary, which was pretty good as well, you know, because like he went into Mourinho and forget the wanting to be in Inter Milan like I think he, he spoke very open and honestly and it was it was nice to see he did a brilliant interview with um, Foster as well on YouTube that's worth watching he's anyway. brilliant Danny Rose honestly and I feel like if at one point as a Spurs fan Danny Rose has never been if not the favourite or one of your favourite players then you've got something wrong with you because it's yeah. like he's been brilliant for us over the yeah. years and a really really good left back I was talking about characters earlier exactly the type of character that you would want in your team and it's like I never had any issue with any of the stuff that he used to say I quite like that about him to be honest that he wasn't scared to say he was feeling like more people should be like that um just unfortunately his legs went a little bit didn't they towards the end yeah let's do the whole midfield now otherwise we'll be go on Chris give us your what what are you playing are you playing four in the mid four four two great yeah I just went four four two right so um Left midfield, I went with, I, it's not really my childhood, but it was early enough in the 90s, Janola. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and Sonny. Oh, yeah. Um, right midfield. <sighs> Again, I struggled with this because I was trying to go between Aaron Lennon and Gareth Bale, I decided so I could cut inside. But I think I'll go with Lennon and I'll let ASD have Bale of somewhere in that midfield. And, you know, Aaron Lennon, I apart from the fact that I absolutely loved him, like, just for, like, love the way he ran. I love, you know, there's so much about him. I've got two little Lennon stories, both involved me shouting. One was um, away at Fulham when Lennon was on the bench 
and it was Martin Yell was the manager, and I started a rousing chant of one Aaron Lennon in about the 60th minute, and he came on in the 65th and made a difference, so I take full credit for that. <laughs> and then there was another game, again, because I was in the East Stand, second half, we were always um, at White Hart Lane, we were always shooting towards my end, so we always got like full-on Lennon in the second half. And um, I don't know, the ball... I don't know what happened, where the ball was, but I just shouted really loud, run, Aaron. And I don't know, he must have heard me because suddenly he picked up his pace, picked up the ball, crossed it and, and we scored. And everyone around me was like literally patting me on the back. <laughs> and, you, and, yeah. and, you, and, you, and I heard it later on as well on Match of the Day, which was quite fun. So um, I think I'll go with Lennon there. Um, and then midfield, the old school midfield is Aussie and Glenn Hoddle. Oh. And I don't think that needs any. I don't think that needs oh. any explanation of where that. And I don't care that you, you say, oh, you know, where's the defensiveness? I don't care. It's like the defenders can defend. I want an Aussie and Glenn Hoddle in, in the centre of midfield. And then in terms of more recently and the players that I watched that I loved the most, and I'm sorry, ASD, because I think I'm going to do the same to you again now. Musa Dembele and Luka Modric. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was him. She's had them both. She's done it all. That's I mean, okay. like Dembele, so much I liked about him, like so much. He started off slow, but then once he really got into his, you know, like his ability on the ball, it, any player that you ask, any player that ever played with him, who was the hardest player to play against, they'd always say, we can't get the ball off Musa. Um, and Luka Modric needs no explanation. I mean, what a player. Not the only Ballon d'Or winner that wasn't Lionel Messi or Ronaldo yeah. in the last 20 years, it feels exactly. like. So that's Lennon, Lennon, Modric, Dembele and Son. Is your yeah. Name? That's yeah. not bad, is it? That's yeah. not bad. Um, right, um, Asti, I'm going to be kind to you a little bit. A little you bit do what you this. want. Don't you take, um, if you want bail, you take bail. I, I, um, I wasn't I wasn't actually going to have bail, if I'm honest, because um, I'd sort of assumed that he'd already be gone. Um, so off the right hand side, I've gone with Darren Anderson. Um, again, I think a very, very underrated player. Um, played a lot of games for Spurs. You know, he, he's one of the players that's made the most appearances for Spurs in the Premier League. Um, brilliant delivery um, on like dead ball and the way he just used to take a touch and just whip those crosses in. It was like it was honestly, it was a bit of a. Um, it's just a, a not as good a version as Beckham, really, like a very similar type of player. Um, but I thought he was cracking player, Darren Anderson. And again, sort of when I first started going, he was one of the one of the few players in that Spurs side that I was like, yeah, actually, he's, he's a really strong player. Um, so I've got Anderson on the right. And then on the left-hand side, um, definitely not a winger, but I've had to shoehorn him in because I'm playing 4 4 2 as well. Um, I've gone Van der Vaart off the left, which is, yeah. uh, you know, I just him... He, for me, is just a player that he was all about big games. And it's like in those moments against Arsenal in the Champions League, like whenever there was a big night, you knew that Van der Vaart was sort of going to turn up and do something. And it was like, I've always loved watching footballers that don't have pace, just because like the ga- and the first sort of two, three yards always in their head. Like a, a brilliant player, just one of my favourites. Amazing chant as well. Um, he was just a real, a real quality player. He didn't even play for us for that long. Like it feels to me like he played for us for like five, six years. It was like two seasons, um, but he was phenomenal. So Anderton on the right, Van der Vaart on the left. Then central midfield this is where it gets tricky because apart from sort of the ones that have been mentioned, we haven't been blessed with amazing central midfielders. But one for me that 
stands out. And again, I think he's somebody that's so underrated. Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick um, is the first one for me. Um, Absolutely incredible player. Like, barely played for England, which I could just, I never understood it. He was amazing at United. Again, he wasn't at Spurs for that long, but you could sort of see how much we missed him when he did leave. Um, he was really, really strong. Obviously, I would have I would have had a Dembele or a Modric alongside him. So I've had to go down the route of players that like I just really enjoyed play, watching play. And that other one, there's not a lot of creativity out of these two midfielders, but that other one's Scott Parker. I was going to say Scott Parker. And um, I thought Parker, for the, again, didn't play for us for too long, but those couple of seasons that we had him, um, I thought he was excellent. I think his first year he won player of the player of the season for us. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, the year before that at West Ham, I think he won football writers player of the year in a team that got relegated at West Ham, which was just unheard of. And again, he was a he was a really really great player, Parker. And it always struck me as somebody that like was a leader on and off the pitch, like similar to the role sort of Hoiberg plays now. Like Parker for me was sort of like that guy for us. Um, he brought in a little bit of steel into our midfield as well when there was still some question marks about were we a little bit soft um, I thought about maybe playing Ericsson in there but I thought as do you might you might want him I was gonna um, yeah. so that midfield for me is Anderton, Parker, Carrick and Van der Vaart yeah Ericsson I've, I've struggled not to have Ericsson in there but you know yeah fair yeah. Okay. Um, I don't want to, seeing as I um, rained on ASD's parade um, with, um, who was it? With Jonathan all Woodgate. Them, all of them. With yeah. Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> I'm going to rain on your parade a little bit with Van der Vaart. Yeah, fair. So, I just, well, I just want to. Well, the thing. He, so, hear me out. I'm not defending him. Yeah, yeah. He, he pushed her around a little bit after he found out she was cheating on him with a pilot. Now I'm not saying he should do it. It's not like he hit her, but I'm not defending physical. I'm not defending it at all. I'm just, didn't he, he didn't hit her. He just pushed around a little bit. And I'm not saying just like it's acceptable, but he's not a like dragging her. He's not, um, he's not dragging around punch her in the face from what I've read. Not it, but it's not acceptable. I just want to say from what I've read, because I, should you know we not, what I mean? Let's not let's not go into this. Yeah, it's <laughs> difficult though because like, you're saying it on the one hand, and then you're saying, but not that it's acceptable, but it kind of is acceptable. So here's, no, no, no. What I'm saying is of. I, I don't want him to be like known as this. What was the one that Chris Brown? He's not Chris Brown and Rihanna like decking her. No, okay. Did, all right, uh, all on, right. You know. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Good midfield, Jack. Thanks for that. Yeah, just on Michael Carrick as well there was a whole thing with Joe Cole and Michael Carrick they were the next big things but Joe Cole was always the one that everyone spoke about but as soon as we saw Michael Carrick we could see that and you know, look what you know what does history tell us on like whose career yeah. and also like just you don't go and play that many games for Man United and win that much at United if you're not an absolutely world-class player and exactly. Carrick was just phenomenal uh, Modric would have been my only one if I could have one so thanks for that but the um <laughs> on the right I'm it's, it's it was a toss-up between well we haven't been blessed with right many right wingers like extreme right mid players Cranchar used to play out on the right and I've yeah. loved Cranchar like I really loved Cranchar he scored two goals didn't he in the last two games of the season one against Birmingham one again do you know to win both games or to draw he sent Birmingham down actually yeah. at White Hart Lane yeah, yeah, and yeah, the game yeah. before away at Bolton 
he scored to make it 3-2, I think, both from outside the box. He had a lovely way of hitting the ball. I, I just always loved him in the centre. Um, I'm going to go. I always loved Sandro and I always loved him. Jack doesn't like him. He just, he ran, he had energy. He kicked people. He got the ball. He moved it on. He was just a great part of that team. And I was very happy with that team. I just always loved him. He was always, he was a character. Character. Yeah, if you want a character, there's your character, Jack. He soundproofed (laughs) his house so we could have parties. Like, that's amazing. Can you imagine him and Gallini in the same, on the same bus? Now, that would be. You'd never want to get off it, would you? <laughs> yeah, so I can't have Sigurdsson anyway because of, obviously, the reason he's not playing at the moment. Um, Ericsson, I loved Ericsson. Yeah. I, I loved Ericsson before. Ajax like my second team. I loved Ericsson before. He was really young. I remember when Ajax sold him to us, they did a, uh, a goodbye video with the time of your, I hope you have the time of your life for that song by, was it Blink-182 or Green Day, wherever it is. It was yeah. really emotional because you could tell they, they knew what they were letting go. And, We've never replaced him. It, it, he's yeah. one of the greatest players we've ever had. Like he, There were so many elements to his game, his ability to read the game. I think the thing that held him back, he, he lacked aggression. And that was part of his game. But it also, he lacked a real killer edge. If you could have Deli Ali's like, nastiness or just something in there, just he, would, he could be the best player in the world, but he, he's not there. Uh, and then left, I mean, I mean, you've had Gareth Bale. No, we haven't. No, Bale's, Bale's not. Our Bale's team. free. Well, Bale was never my favourite player. I, I, never. It, for, obviously for Wales, I love him for Wales. But for Spurs, it, 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 when he became brilliant, I always never loved his arrogance. But you can't deny what he's done for him. My problem with him, I think he's got an awful first touch. <laughs> I really do think he's got an awful first touch. Like if you have a look at the Copa del Rey goal, where he ran around the edge around Barcelona, every single touch is awful. Every single one, it's just he makes up for it with speed. However, you can't deny the moments that he's given us. Like You think about all the great moments. The San Siro, the hat-trick was great, but the performance of the home leg against Inter was unbelievable. Like He, he killed Mykon. Like, there's still a song. Everybody knows the song through that one performance. How many songs are sung about one performance? You have a look at, even on his last game for us, where he scored the one, was it against Sunderland? The one goal just outside the box. The goal against West Ham. Like, you can't argue with that. So what have I gone for? Cranchard, Bale, Sandro, Eriksson. Can I just say one player that I thought was unlucky to not get in, just from the more modern times, was Wanyama. Just from that season that he had um, the last year at White Hart Lane, he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And he was a close one for me. I thought you might have had him in over Sa- uh, Sandro ASD. Well, I'm looking at the Del Evangelist and wondering what, what her game is, to be honest. But the one is Huddleston. Um, Huddleston. Yeah, Huddleston, was, Huddleston was on my list. And so, listen, it's hard work, this. Yeah. You know, like Huddleston was on my list. Delhi was definitely on my list. But if you if if you make me choose between Dembele, Modric and Delhi. Then Bele and Modric oh, yeah. are going to win. Yeah. Well, the other and one that Hamilton. just was JJ because JJ always scored against Arsenal. Like yeah. was a great player in bad times for us. I just, yeah. And love him. No, no right. Paulinho, no. In, no. No Paulinho. Well, you know I love a defensive midfielder, so I was thinking, you know, maybe Zakora, maybe Palacios. I've got a Livermore shirt. I think I might be the only person in the world with a Livermore shirt. Not only a Livermore shirt. Wilson Palacios walking down the high road on the opening day of the White Hart of the Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Stadium, mm. which was nice. Just Great. walking down with his missus. He mm. had a very nice pair of trousers and like really shiny, like ox blood coloured shoes. God. Imagine uh, 
imagine Soldado was walking down the high street with all his misses. He had he missed everything. <laughs> um, let's move on to our strikers. Chris, who are your front two? This is this was really hard because I ended up with three in both, but I'm going to have to take a punt on two. So from the um, from the olden days, um, Garth Crooks and Teddy Sheringham. Yeah, Sheringham's unreal. I love Sheringham. I love Sheringham so much. I, I you know it's such a cliche, but he was you know yards ahead in his in his mind just some of those things that he just did without like it looked like almost not moving all the positions he was in all the rest of it and he literally he broke my heart when he went to Manchester United absolutely broke my heart because it didn't work for me at all mm. um and then and then the honorable mention for there the person I left out the third one was was Jurgen Klinsmann and the reason why I left that was I wasn't going very often then so there's a chance I never actually saw him live I can't remember. So I've left him out. And then this was really hard. And I'm li- going to leave out the obvious and go for Dimitar Berbatov and Jermaine Defoe. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. What more can you say? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, that time there was one thing I remember from Berbatov where literally the ball fell out of the sky and stuck to his boot. I remember I remember where he was on the pitch. Don't know who it was against, but I just remember thinking, I cannot believe what I just saw and how he managed to do that. Incredible. What a player. What a player. Completely off his nut by all accounts. <laughs> like, you know, just in terms of how eccentric he is. Yeah. But a wonderful player. And Jermaine Defoe, I mean, you know, just scores goals for fun, you know. But in all sorts of, you know, I was there for the Wigan 9-1, obviously. And just, you know, like outside the box, in the box, scored the occasional header, bit Mascherano, which was weird. That was such a weird thing that he did. I don't know why, what he did that for. But yeah. So, I like it when he came back from Portsmouth from when they did that announcement of a pitch and he had the, the biggest hat on. Do you remember yeah. that? He had yes. this massive flat cap yeah. on. But he had this amazing ability just to hit the ball incredibly hard at the keeper and score. Like that, that was his skill, right? He was just the, the sharpest, the sharpest player I've ever seen. One yeah, of my favourite Defoe goals was um, in a 3-1 home win against Man City. And he gets sort of in the left channel against company and just drops the shoulder and bang. Like He's not even got half a yard. And it's like no backlift and he just smashes it in the bottom corner. Was, that the, go- was that the game that Clint Dempsey scored in as Dempsey well? Dempsey and Bale scored, scored the third. three in about eight or nine minutes. That yeah. goal, Jermaine, when Jermaine, I'm not joking now. That goal, when Jermaine Defoe scored it, I cried. Really? Genuinely, was, it it moved me to tears. That goal is incredible. Like, honestly, I think he's another one that is so underrated. Yeah. Like, because he scored goals in a Spurs side that was okay. Like, you could you, he genuinely like you could have put him in most sides in the Premier League and he would have scored goals because he was just a, as clinical as they got. Um, he's a brilliant, brilliant finisher. He did, um, didn't he? Went up to Scotland. Went up, up yeah, north. He's still scoring up there now, isn't he? So yeah, it's yeah. like he's a he's a, a top top striker to foe. Um, right, shall I do my two then? Um, so there's the obvious one, which is of course Kane, which like you know I just can't I can't not have him in the side. Um, I was going to have Sheringham to be honest, um, because I remember seeing him playing and again like just thinking, wow, like and Sheringham for me was a striker that he just he looked like he had so much time. 
Like I've never seen a centre forward have so much time like what he had. But so Kane's my first one. My second one's Robbie Keane. Um, oh, yeah. One of my favourite all-time Spurs players, Robbie Keane. Um, again, maybe not the best striker in the world, um, but definitely the best celebration that um, any Spurs strikers had. Uh, again, just a player that you could tell really loved playing for Spurs. And like you could see him when he left and went to Liverpool and it didn't work and he came back and it was just like certain players just suit certain clubs, don't they? And Robbie Keane really suited Spurs. Um, he was a great vice-captain, captain team for a little bit, was always in the goals. And for somebody that lacked a bit of pace, he was always running in behind. And it, always, it used to amaze me watching Robbie Keane, the amount of times he used to get in behind defences because he weren't quick at all. Um, but Kane and Keane up top, like the brain power that you'd have from them two yeah. would be absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, that's my my front two. OK, uh, I'm going to go Peter Crouch because uh, underrated. Like, again, people people who don't watch him just think of him as like just a header. And the, the Crouch van der Vaart connection was absolutely brilliant. Crouch and Defoe was brilliant. Yeah. But he, he was just incredibly skilled. Like first touch was a dream. Volley's a dream. And he, he he's he was he's a Spurs fan. Like he's a Spurs fan, he's a Spurs boy. Um character again. I remember when we went to San Siro in that first year of the Champions League, got absolutely battered away. <laughs> if you remember. Um I think Adebayor scored against us in that game. In fact he did. Crouch got sent off and then he came home and we played Stoke and he scored a hat trick, I think, in the first half, didn't he? Absolutely brilliant. Like just brilliant, loved him. Uh, and then the next one is more difficult, and it has to be between Ben Adebayor and Pavlyuchenko. Because I mean, who else is there? Because we haven't had another striker in the last like six, seven years, um, or Soldado. And I, I never got the Janssen. Soldado thing. Janssen, he was bad, wasn't he? Um, Torres, I'm sorry, Llorente. Yeah, yeah, of course I saw him. Uh, yeah, I. I I'm going at the boy all yeah. because there were moments where he was unbelievable. There was a get. What was the game? The Newcastle game where Redknapp had just been found not guilty, where Saha came and scored two. I think Adeboyo set up two, scored one. He was amazing against the Liverpool game where we beat him three one. There were just in that, times. that Newcastle game, ASD. I think Adeboyo got four assists, which is a That's Premier it. League record. That's it. Yeah. Like. It, there were times we going like, why don't, why can't you just try this hard all the time? And still, the best Premier League celebration of all time when he ran up the other pitch, like it, it is the greatest celebration of all time because there's, there's no hiding behind it. He just wanted to antagonise the Arsenal fans. Yeah, and, and I love it. And there's like, do you remember when he put on Facebook or Twitter or Facebook like the three tweets about the beef with him and his family and how he got caught nicking footballs? Like, I just love it. He just doesn't care. I just, I, I, I love him. But that first season we had him on loan under Redknapp, he was brilliant. And then that that run he had that six months under Sherwood, he was brilliant at He really was. And I completely agree with you. On his day, he was up there with the best strikers about. Like, he was unplayable when he was on it, but it was just... He wasn't always on it for oh. long Did enough. Remember that goal against Chelsea? I think that sums him up. That languid, just you're like, oh, he's going to shoot here, and you just looped the ball over check. Mm. Do you remember that? I think we that was at two two. Yeah, we drew that game two two. Unbelievable. And you just go, how? Did, where? Why isn't yeah. that all the time? So I've got a very tall front two. But anyway, and then managers, Chris, have you picked a manager or managers? 
Well, I mean, as a kid, it could only be Keith Birkinshaw. I absolutely loved him. I think I've showed you before, not very good for a podcast, but the picture of me, age 10, standing proudly next to Keith Birkinshaw. Yeah. You know, I love that picture so much. So definitely Keith. And then I'm sorry to do it, but I'm going to do it. And like, I, actually, I, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah, Jack, you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But, you know, it's got to be. The one and only. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Did you see him doing? Um, what he went to Salt Bay's restaurant and he did the Salt Bay salt. Did you see I that? Hated, I hated that. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. But and he also said he wants to come and manage us and win the Premier League with us before he finishes oh, football. Cry. That's all I dream about as well. To be fair. Yeah. We miss um, you. Much. I've gone. I, I've gone. Harry Redknapp as my manager. Um, just because for me that was probably the the time that um. I felt like the most comfortable going and watching us just knowing we were going to win. Like, and I felt that obviously in the Pochettino years, but like that was the first time I'd ever had that feeling of like, we were pl- whoever we had at home, I was like, we're going to score two, three goals and we're going to win. Like, and it was just really? like, I, yeah, we we're, were so attacking. I just, I, honestly, I never, I never felt like at home, I never felt like we weren't going to win. Um, uh, got us in the Champions League for the first time. Like some of my favourite players that I've watched play for us were in that Red Nap, Red Nap era, and he gets a lot of stick. Red Nap still, um, but he did a very, very good job for us. If you think about, you know, I know we had some good players, but like he took us to heights that at the time I don't think we thought really we were going to achieve. It was always like if we have a good season, we might challenge for, you know, the top four, but. I never thought we'd actually get in it. And to do it and then have that Champions League run at the time was just incredible. So I read that for me. He's a bit like the Prime Minister, right, where he hides behind the image of a buffoon, where actually he's very smart and I think he's quite manipulative or he's, he, he knows what he's doing. Although, um, did you read his autobiography? The best no, story. I think he did, did he? Well, the, there was a story there about literally some cash falling out of his trousers, out of his tracksuit. <laughs> like, he put it down there. I don't know what it was. I mean, like, you know, and it literally, like, by the end of the game, it had worked its way out of the bottom of the tracksuit and there was, like, a whole wadge of money, like, falling out of his trousers. Well, I, my my favourite manager is AVB. And it, 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 if it wasn't Pochettino, it would have been AVB. But AVB would have run him close anyway. And I remember when I did the, the other stadium tour I did, they were cleaning the changing rooms out and changing it over from Harry to AVB. And they were moving Redknapp's tactics board which had seven pieces on it for both teams uh in for AVB's like multiple tactics boards and TVs and things and that 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 was it I was never sure if it was an accident and whether he just sort of lucked out or um he, he had a plan I'm sure it's a bit of both but AVB I loved him just because he I didn't love the Harry era. I always found it a bit irritating a bit cringe how much he, I don't know and so that it going from that to what seemed like a plan and in the beginning you were like we've got a plan we've got the new Mourinho and then we didn't we didn't at all we had one plan very defensive like it was nil nil one nil like dark days rubbish kits cold it always felt cold whenever you used to go like a lot of the Europa League but I don't know I just remember him celebrating like I can remember him doing the fist pump when we beat Man United 3-2 like there were some great results that 3-2 away at People don't realise that we hadn't won at Old Trafford in it, it was something yeah. like twenty years, and well, no one won. Was still there. Was Twenty-nine. And Ferguson years. was still there. That's yeah. the main point. We won yeah. at 
in the Ferguson era because everyone beats Man United now, but no one, nobody did then. No one won at Old Trafford, but we went up there and scored uh, like mad goals. The Vertonghen goal in the first minute is ridiculous. But, like you can imagine how much he's fuming. I love David B. He's in the intro, and I, I don't know. I just, I just love that man. He just, he just had the plan, and he loved a holding midfielder, didn't he? Yeah. He absolutely loved it. I remember going to one AVB game, I think it was against Norwich, and we were playing 4 3 3. And the three centimetres were Parker, Livermore, and Huddleston. And I remember thinking, God, this is going to be a tough watch. Yeah, yeah, no. It's going to be a really tough watch. Just people just playing sideways for 90 minutes. I think it ended up being 1 1 or something like that, that game. And it was like, oh, that was a tough watch. It was very boring football. But I'm, I imagine, like, I feel like AVB would have been one that as a player you've been really interesting to have played under because I bet the tactics and the like the team meetings and that would have been at the time like groundbreaking like especially from where we'd had Harry who was a little bit more 4-4-2 let's go out and attack him to then AVB would probably have gone through every single minute detail so like, he did strike me as somebody that would have been quite and he was very young as well when he was he like mid to late 30s when he took over it was well, he, like yeah very he never played he's job. never played football he's never played it he's always managed and he comes from a very very wealthy family um and so he he got in early like he he's the great grandson of a viscount you know he's he's very um and he lived in, yeah, I was just reading up now. He was, when he was at the age of 16, he was living in the same apartment block as Sir Bobby Robson, who was managing Porto then. And then that's how he had the debate with him. And then Villas Boas became Porto's ob, part of observation department, you know, he, and then he got his all his qualifications. So he, he's he's been lucky. But then he went on to do like the Paris Dakar. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's interesting fella, isn't he? Really mm. interesting fella. Yeah. But there's some pretty good teams there. I mean, Chris, I feel like. Both of your teams would wipe the floor with. Uh, yeah, but to be fair, you gifted me that. We, you know, we for anyone listening, we planned. They said at the beginning I could go first, so I think whoever was going to go first was going to have the uh, advantage here. So, thank you very much, both. I pre, I appreciated that. I would have struggled otherwise, to be fair. But you know, let's just. The thing that I will always remember is how bad our midfield was in the 90s. When I remember being excited when we had a central midfield of Sean Davis and Pedro Mendes. Well, the, I'm, I, I remember Simon Davis. Like, I loved Simon Davis. I like was... Simon Davis as well, apart from the fact... I mean, he's well shaven, but of course you did. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I was hoping you would gloss over that. But he, he just... I remember when he left, and it, it did feel like something, some a bit of creativity had left, but, yeah. Just yeah, on yeah. those horrendous central midfielders, Chris, do you remember the, uh, the hype and the excitement when we signed Michael Brown? And everyone was like, we've got a goal-scoring midfielder. He scored something like 20 goals in the championship the year before. And it was like, oh, here we go. He scored about four goals for us, didn't he? Like, yeah, but even the then, I wasn't really quite terrible. sure what he was doing, you know. Terrible. Um, he likes us, though. When you, If you ever hear him talking, he likes, yeah. you know, he does like us. Oh, yeah, Michael Brown. Yeah, that's another one. A lot of hype about I it. I mean, there's loads. So if we, we could do that next time, oh, you know, we'd well, have yeah. like a Paolo Tramazzani at right back, Timoteo Tuba at left back. Dean Marnie, Dean Marnie would have to be in there, wouldn't he, for that debut? We're like, we've, do you remember that debut? We're like, we've got a world-class midfielder. Do you know what I mean? He played like left wing as well, didn't he? And he ended up being a defensive midfielder. To be fair, he did have a career in the top flight, but I remember the hype of him after that game. And he did score an absolute screamer, didn't he, for about 25 yards. And you think, oh, what yeah. player? But not quite. It's weird. No one's mentioned Eric Lamella. 
because there's a lot of people who properly love Eric Lamella out there, but he wasn't even <laughs> Jack shaking his head. I'm, I'm, I was never his biggest fan, but there's some people who just love him. But anyway, anyway, anyway. I right, want I, to love him more than I do. That's it. That's it. Sound like my wife. The um, I, <laughs> I, I got the. Uh, we were going to do a quiz, but I think we've got on quite a long time. But yeah. so what I did is I got all the um, FIFA 22 ratings for Ooh. the Spurs players because they've just come out. So I mean, I can give you a few if you want. If I, I can. Why read don't we do it next week? Oh yeah, okay. And um, I'll, I'll, double up I'd, on the quiz. I promise not to look at it. Okay. Well, the, I, I mean, I won't do Canes and Sons because they're too easy. Kane has got it's scored two higher for physicality than Adama Traore. Like it's weird. FIFA ratings are weird, though, aren't they? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I remember. My I nephew was, uh, told me about Canes. Those Canes like eighty nine or something. He's ninety. All right. Yeah. Um, shot 91, physicality 83. Troy raised the second fastest player in the game. But I remember I was uh, behind, I was at an under 21 game, and I think it might be Newcastle. Um, and I was sat behind the bench, or it was maybe kids from the next age group down, or but they were Tottenham kids, and they were, they were having a massive argument about what their, their own FIFA scores would be. They were like, nah, but I'd definitely be 85 pace, mate. You'd only be 76. Like one of this. <laughs> it was great. Such, I bet it was such specific numbers as well. Yeah, it really was. That's what I love. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, look, that was a thoroughly enjoyable pod. Um, we'll do a double quiz next week. Obviously, we'll have the Newcastle game to discuss as well. Um, if you've had a go at that as well, I'd love to know like what your teams are if you're listening. So like, get mm. them into us. We're at underscore Echoes of Glory. Um, so tweet us what your teams are, um, and we'll give those a yeah, we'll give those a read out next week. Um, Chris ASD, pleasure as always. Um, and everybody, thank you for listening. And whatever happens, future's bright. Future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. 
We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.